Dave. Hi, mate. How are you? Good. We're getting a couple of beers coming out of our way. Oh, isn't that fun? Because we're sitting at Fixation. Yeah. Well, it's actually technically the incubator. The incubator. Yeah. Uh, I don't look up. If you look up Fixation, you'll get the Byron Bay Stone and Wood Brewery. Yeah. Or um, I looked up Fixation Brewery Collingwood, mm. and I went to Stone. I uh, went to Stomping Ground. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Stomping Ground have better SEO. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've just had a chat with uh, two guys, Tom and Sam. Uh, we'll let you when we throw to them, tell you what they're all about. But we're just going to do a quick intro. Why not? Last week, uh, uh, show someone mentioned or someone commented on Twitter about the language we used around Scottish or Scotch or whiskey. Sorry. Sure. What do they say? Uh, so we were. This talking is news to me. I'd love to be. I'd love to learn. Yeah. Well, we were talking about the word blend. Okay. Um, blended whiskey. Yep. And this well, I don't remember what we said. What did we say? Uh, we're just for context. So we were using the word the, the words blend. We're talking about Sullivan's Cove whiskey and almond blend, which is a blend of two casks. They pointed out that that in the whiskey world, most of the time when you're referring to a blend, uh, it's two different sorts of grain, two different malts. Single malt. Yep. yep. Uh, in this case, it is a single malt whiskey, but they are calling it a blend. So whiskey and almond, right? A single malt blended whiskey. Okay. So there is. It's one of those things where I think there are grey areas. Uh, I don't know enough about it to mm-hmm. to defend or sure. or not defend either way. Um, it's, a, uh, it's an interesting nugget, though. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, they they talked about the the idea of vatted. I think in the past they've called it vatted malts. It's one of those things. Uh, I was trying to think of a, I guess a similar example in the beer world, but it's probably hard to. You know what that means? What another whiskey show is due for us? Yeah, I could drink more whiskey. I actually went back to whiskey and almond um, the other nice. night for. Uh, Matthew Biggs, happy birthday, Biggsy! One of happy our birthday, Biggs. Oh. Our long-time listeners. Yep. Um, drank some delicious. Uh, I, I went for American. Yeah. Whiskey. Um, What's a great American whiskey? Oh, I can't remember what I had that night. They oh. were really good, though. Nice. Yeah, we need to do more whiskey stuff. I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Maybe with them. Is that something we should do? Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Uh, I, I know that they're cooking up an interesting beer collab, so mm. uh, I can't say anything because it's under good times. strict embargo. But yeah, keep an eye out for. Fun, really fun whiskey and beer stuff coming from those guys. What are you drinking in the moment, by the way? Uh, I got the Easy Street, which is the low ABV. I got uh, the uh, IPA. Tropical IPA, which is extremely fragrant and fun. I think I, I will admit, I've, I think I've already mentioned this to the guys. I didn't love that. What about it? The smell yeah. is a bit much, uh, a bit essency for me. Well, you, yeah, I get that, but in a at an IPA bar. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally, totally. Yeah. I don't want to, and from my understanding, we've had good friends that have said, ah, oh, love that tropical. Is it tropical ale or tropical? Tropical IPA. Okay, tropical. Yeah. Who does tropical? Someone else. Don't know. Um, I don't know if I've really got clicked at any news. Mm-hmm. Have you got any news? No, uh, I actually forgot we were recording today, to be honest. Okay, uh, good. That's uh, well so organized. Fortunately, the chat that, that you're about to hear is excellent. That's all the content. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, we came to talk to Tommy. Don't want a better IPA. I mean, yeah, how much preparation yeah. do you need? Huh? So, um, to, if you haven't listened to the original show that uh, I did, you weren't here, but it was me and Will from Crafty Pine mm-hmm. and Tom Delmont uh, from Fixation. Go back and listen to that. Uh, I'll put a link into the into the blog post that I do about this. That was when they first officially announced they were opening up a brew pub. So I mean, we attend a few breweries. Most of all, we break news. That's what we do. I think we are the primary newsbreakers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe top ten, top in fifty in Melbourne, at least, yeah. <laughs> about beer specifically. 
All right, let's just throw it to that chat. We're going to finish our beers. Where do they find? Where do people find you, Dave? At Dave on Instagram and Twitter. You can get me at Ale of a Time, aleofatime.com, um, Hypothetical Institute. If you sign up for our Patreon and the Hypothetical Institute Patreon, you'll get a cool cooked unit pin. Um, Andrew's already signed up. I think Andrew Wilson. Nice. Good job, uh, Willow. So he's doing, I think he's doing a $3.33 over on Hypothetical Institute and a $1 on uh, us. He gets himself. He just got himself a sick pin. You can yeah. see that pin, da- that pin, Dave. How good sure does it look? Can. That's fantastic. I get complimented on this pin all the time. Nice. People are like, what is that? I'm like, <laughs> sign up am and you I find out. Am I out of the loop or am I right in saying that pins are coming back? <sighs> I have no idea. Okay. We just thought it would be a fun thing Let to do. Let us know if pins <laughs> are coming <laughs> if pins back. Are coming back. Um, yeah, hypotheticalinstitute.com for, for conspiracy gear. Um, uh, if you would like to support us, those two Patreons, patreon.com forward slash ALO at time. Mm-hmm. And what's the hypothepod one? I can't remember. Uh, patreon.com forward slash hypothepod. Hypothepod? Okay. Yeah. Hypo the pod, depending uh, on how you want to say it. All right. I like that. Uh, yeah. And do that. I mean, we're planning some stuff. Unfortunately, our, the beer that we were about to brew didn't work out. For, for logistical reasons. I think that might have sparked a better idea though. What do you reckon? Let's talk about this off mic. Okay. I don't know if it was as good. Okay. But anyway, uh, thanks so much for listening um, and we'll throw it to, to us and Tommy and Sam. Enjoy. Uh, we're at Fixation, the incubator officially. Uh, we've got Tom and Sam. Uh, what are your roles? Your uh, my role is managing partner, which I think means you got to do a bit of everything and uh, have a crack at even things you don't know much about. <laughs> and uh, I'm the IPA wrangler around here. <laughs> right, <laughs> you get to wrangle IPAs. Yeah. For people that might not know, I mean, I guess people, most people would know fixation. You've been on the show talking fixation before. Yeah, I think yeah. we broke the news when you were first on. It was the first time we mentioned that we're definitely doing it and building a home. And we're sitting in the park at Carlton Gardens one beautiful afternoon with Will Zabel from Crafty. And uh, yeah, and now we're here. Yeah. Feels like a long time ago. It was. <laughs> <laughs> what, so what is, uh, what is the incubator and what is fixation? Uh, we, we always um, wanted a home. And um, from starting in late 2015, the plan was always to one day build a home. Uh, we... we and our business partners all believe that it's really important to have a place where people can come and drink your beer and learn about you and what you're all about and um, try experimental brews and, and hang out in your brewery. And um, and I guess having a, a production brewery that we can rely on to make great beer meant we just had to you know, prove our case at some point, sell a few kegs and try and get going and then, and then find a little warehouse that wasn't going to be knocked over and turned into flash new apartments. It's just going to be difficult around here. And it's, pretty pretty <laughs> it's pretty tricky. Getting harder. Uh, IPAs is the, the thing. Um, one of the big questions, and I'm going to get this out of the way. I'm sure I've asked you this already, Sam, but how do you go about putting... How many taps have you got? Ten? Yeah, so we've got, we've got, we've got, yeah, we do have 10 taps of IPA. So off the bat, we had eight. Um, we'll have nine by the end of this week. And by next week, unless people drink us out of one of them, we'll have, yeah, the full roster of 10. And how do you approach that? Because, I mean, IPA is 
I don't know, it's, it's one thing, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, fortunately, I guess, uh, sort of thoughts around IPA sort of changing pretty quickly at the moment and it's a fast sort of expanding style driven around sort of, you know, the profile of the hops. Um, for myself and with Tom, uh, we sat down and sort of thought, okay, you know, what used to traditionally have to be, you know, a six and a half to seven and a half percent beer, um, immediately you can go up with the with the double IPAs we have some fruit with our squish IPA and then now heading down into the session IPA category and uh, outwards from there so off the bat we've thrown in a rye um, a 3.7 percent IPA we've called easy street which is uh, two streets up from us mm-hmm. and uh, yeah a dark IPA out this week and uh, we'll keep going from there yeah, and our first hazy the 86 which seems to be anecdotally pretty popular over the bar have you guys been telling yeah, a lot of I think that has probably been the most popular seller um squish was the first keg to blow and um i think we yeah ripped through quite a bit of the 86 on the first few days yeah. of trading so i guess it could be part of the part of the train the love the love of the haze at the moment that's it it's great just about to have some new beers available for people we've certainly noticed over the weekend um the 86 in our tropical ipa particularly the 86 but have both been uh, the most popular beers we've had mm. and, and overall the serving tanks yeah proving to be yeah, pretty popular people coming in and trying a new stuff and i mean we're both sitting here with a easy street so it might take time for people to understand a 3.7 percent a fairly hop forward uh, beer, but I think you know over time you might have a lot of people doing tasting paddles, and then they might find what they can drop in for a few, you know, glasses of, and then, you know, head home or whatever, mm-hmm. and um, maybe you know the spread might change over time. I think I ended up drinking eighty six. Uh, sorry, Easy Street when I was last here because I think I had a couple of the rise, and I was like, all right, yeah, <laughs> let's just dial it back. It's pretty, <laughs> sn- it's pretty sneaky, balanced dry, yeah. especially once it warms up a bit. It just yeah, beautiful beer. Um. We're keen to hear about the location um, first up. Uh, Smith Street's pretty pretty buzzing these days, but this end is probably the quieter end. Yeah. Was this where you were always looking, and, and how did it come about? Uh, no, we looked all around. Uh, looked between um, Cremorne, South Yarra, all the way around to Footscray, um, and um, everywhere sort of in between. I'm in North Melbourne, had a look around there, and um, pretty tricky. Um, a lot of rezoning going on, or... Uh, sites that are way off the track and you know not near public transport not near um, yeah, any kind of major residential area either um, so part of you know the the, the plan to have a, a place where people it's easy to access or, or you know come past the venue and have a few IPAs which are generally you know fairly hefty beers and then um, still be nearby the tram or close to home so um so yeah well this was pretty lucky this one it was empty for about four or five years so and yeah, in that sense, it wasn't um, you know, hugely desirable for a lot of people, but perhaps that was something down to the look of the place when uh, we first saw it, um, and right up until about a month ago. But um, yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah, it was. I mean, there were some new buildings, you know, underneath um, new buildings in South Yarra and Cremorne. That's a perfect. There's a whole section of Cremorne that's perfect for it. But um, but obviously on the weekends in Cremorne, where it's mainly commercial. Uh, it's pretty quiet, which is great for the residents around there, but um, not if you want to try and you know do a few tasting paddles and you know, get a few people on a brewery crawl. Um, I guess that's one of the reasons why Collingwood now has four little breweries. Yeah, four. Yeah, Mel, you guys, Craft and Co. Craft and Co. Stomping. Yeah. Another yeah. one apparently in the works. I think. Wow, that's a good area for it, eh? Hey? Mm. 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 Do you yeah. reckon that uh, the amount of beer in the area helps? with the fact that you're an IPA only venue. I think so. so. 
Yeah, Sammy? Yeah, definitely. I think with, you know, so many breweries, it's nice to have... I mean, each does feel like it's got that little point of difference. Um, and certainly for us, we're not trying to be the brewery for everyone, but we're just trying to be the best brewery we can be and focusing on that style. So um, I feel it pl- plays really nicely in the area. And we're mates with a lot of the guys around here as well. Um, you know, the Clifton Hill Brew Pub is doing some really interesting beers and barrel aging and sour beers and things. And Merrick's doing some great stuff and a whole range of beers there. Um, so hopefully we fit into the mix nicely and um, bring, you know, a whole bunch of you know beer loving people to the area as well that can then wander between you know three or four great places and some great bars as well do you guys wake up at any point in the middle of the night and think fuck we're stuck doing ipas <laughs> <laughs> actually sometimes it's I, written on the wall for people yeah. that haven't been here dedicated to india parallels yeah yeah uh some well we, we had a joke an in joke um anthony said i'm trapped in a prison uh, and I said, yeah, but it's what I'm happy to be in. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think um, uh, every now and then I'd love to do a barley wine, you know, yeah. just something ridiculously <laughs> even stronger. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess, you know, we love all beer. We can buy lots of other beers and uh, head out, you know, once we wrap up here and go and drink some awesome beers around the place. So yeah. uh, we, we kind of love IPAs as well. I guess, yeah, and from like the brewing side, it was a little bit daunting at first. When I sort of first came into the role, I was sort of thinking, okay, you know, it might be pretty hard to fill out. But then, yeah, over these last sort of few months, sort of reading a lot more into the style and around what's going on in the States, um, just recently read Dick Cantwell's book, um, Brewing Eclectic IPA, uh, which sort of, you know, goes into where that's sort of pushing out overseas and uh yeah it certainly felt like that the ocean IPA is getting a lot bigger and and that pool of uh, you know just making sort of one style within it um yeah you're not really restricted that way anymore and i guess the other thing is it's pretty crowded there's a lot of breweries and a lot of guys having a crack and doing 20 different beers and i think part of um you know our success has been to really just try and nail one thing well and i had sales guys for the first two years saying when are you gonna do something new and i said well we're new and um, how about you sell some of our main beer and then we'll talk. Um, but the guys have been, you know, understanding and, I mean, it's been incredibly disciplined um, to really not try and roll out lots of new beers. Occasionally have a bit of fun with the Weedy and Modus do a collab or, you know, the Smithies or something. But um, but generally been pretty, you know, uh, pretty, pretty tight with our one core range beer and then maybe our second one in the last six months with this obsession and then and every now and then just doing a little drop of squish or double so it's pretty um pretty disciplined approach in this day and age when every bar's just saying what's new what's mm. new but, one tried keg, but, true then, method but i only want one keg of it <laughs> yeah. uh sam how did you well, i think most people listening would know tom's background but sam tell us about your background um yeah so uh, i've been in beer for just over around six years now um, I started uh, when I was studying, I was studying commerce and science at uni and for whatever reason thought uh, I really wanted, I really enjoyed beer, wanted to be a big brand manager and anyway ended up getting a, a sales job on, in the call centre at CUB, that's first crack out of school and uh, yeah realised that the sales side wasn't really my thing and I, I found the brewers a lot more sort of interesting people to, to be, I was doing a bit of home brew so that was sort of where my, my focus quickly shifted towards. Um, I, I started to get sort of more serious about it and then uh, yeah anyway within that business there wasn't really the opportunity to move from sales into brewing for one reason or another so uh, I ended up moving home for a while saving up all the money I could and went and studied brewing over in Germany um, I sort of threw everything into it moved to Berlin and did yeah six month uh, brewmaster course over there which was an international course for other basically for brewers and I sort of Got the green light because of where I'd been, but I didn't really know too much about brewing then. Um, but anyway, six months later, I knew a little bit more, 
and was uh, lucky enough to get a job up with Stone and Wood in, in New South Wales. So I moved up from Melbourne. I actually flew from Berlin, literally had one night at home and then packed up everything I had and moved up north um, and ended up spending uh, just around, just under three years up at Stone and Wood, um, which was an amazing experience. I sort of learned a lot about brewing up there. Uh, and that's yeah, where I came into contact with uh, Tommy uh, about a year ago. And uh, I guess being from Melbourne uh, originally and uh, with my, my partner from Melbourne, it was always a, a long-term idea to move back uh and yeah anyway when this opportunity presented itself and i had my hand up and yelling and screaming about it and got the nod to to come down and, and jump ship to come and run fixation down here with tommy so it's been great that's a good result being able to move home yeah uh, very, very much so. brewery straight away yeah yeah i think uh, like it's it's a bit surreal now i think from when i was maybe 18 or 19 my sort of long-term goal was to have a little you know brew pub and do it as a bit of a lifestyle thing um not to make a lot of money out of it but just for the love of making beer and you know now it only feels you know those few years later and we're sitting here going oh <laughs> this is this is pretty pretty great so yeah been pretty fortunate uh, Tom, I don't mean to diminish your uh, background in beer as well. There might be people, some people that don't don't know, but no, no, people would know you. I guess as the the Mountain Goat sales rep for years, and now fixation yeah. head. No, I've I've been a beer carny for so long <laughs> that everyone's heard my story. So uh, no, I mean yeah, it's and it was great timing because there weren't really any brewing jobs previously, you know, down here, and um, uh, you know to stay. Um, you know, connected to us, so it was great that Sam and his his partner were moving back anyway. Um, but yeah, um, no, just you know, sales guy, sold <laughs> lucked out really. Good timing sometimes, you know. And, um, yeah, I guess when um, you know the the previous owners were stepping out of go, it was just good timing to sort of look at probably getting the push that I needed to do something else as well. Yeah, and now you just yeah. I, Knowing your love of IPAs and, and how this has worked out um, is quite fortuitous for you, really, isn't it? Yes, I'm a simple man, and uh, <laughs> I just uh, no. I guess um, yeah, it was it was good timing as well. You know, hadn't had a bit of a family tragedy, so I hadn't been up to Byron Bay for a long time uh, post that, and then finally went up there to you know wander in. And I'd, I'd known the guys that had started Stonewood Brewing from early days, and happened to wander in there and wander in the wrong door and got talking to them and grabbed a couple of slabs and kept driving on a little you know east coast family tour and um yeah it was only a week or two later that was like oh congratulations to the you know the owners at goat and um you know it's wonderful news but i think we're in trouble the rest <laughs> of us uh speaking of byron and i guess the Stone and Wood brand, where this comes from. I don't know. How would you guys describe Fixation's relationship to Stone and Wood? Yeah, I mean, like we're definitely connected. We we don't hide or hide away from that at all. It's one of the reasons I think we can make such consistently good beer. Um, is you know, having an amazing team, of, uh, production, quality control, packaging team, and brewers. Um, but also um, we run run independently, so I get to lead Fixation Brewing and and run it separately um, but we work really closely as a team and um, yeah the guys have all backed me to run it and um, and I'm part owner in it but um, yeah essentially we're yeah, really proud of that connection and uh, I think one of no one would argue I'd say one of Australia's most you know successful independent breweries of the modern era mm. and um, you know pretty privileged to work with them. It's quite a juxtaposition Byron Bay uh, you know the 
beautiful sunshine, rainforests, yeah. uh, beaches, and then looking around sort of at Smith Street. Wow, you should have seen the before photos <laughs> as well. The, the graffiti was on the inside. Yeah, right. Um, I think it's um, going to be twenty-four degrees tomorrow. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty much the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a few less Birkenstocks down here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Definitely got a lot more fences and locks around the gates yeah. and things. Yeah. Uh, yeah, down here is a bit of a, a change in thinking. Yeah, yeah. There's less patchouli. Um, I think. Um, <laughs> It's uh, it is an amazing place. It's it's a beautiful place, but it's very different to Collingwood. You're right. Um, one brewer, um, I guess he's a bit cynical or a bit uh, quirky. Said, "Oh, is fixation like Stonewood's Fitzroy brand?" <laughs> um, and I went, "Well, not really. It's kind of separate." But um, it is. But um, it is now though, right? Well, <laughs> it's yeah, it's separate. I guess like you just made a beer with a Smith Street band. Oh yeah, yeah. That was well. That was pretty lucky. Yeah. Um, I think. Um, you know, um, it's very different in terms of the beers we do and, and what we're sort of uh, going for. I guess they're, you know, they're, the guys are doing more and more interesting things um, as they have the capability to do that, especially with the new um, campus coming online. But I think um, I think it's a very different focus. And I wish I wish I had the marketing and all the skills that uh, some of the Stonewood guys have. It's just me on the social medias. And oh, that's really? About, that's, that's about it for our marketing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you want a t-shirt? We got a t-shirt somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that um, helps? Kind of being, I guess, somewhat more low-key helps build the brand as more grassroots. I don't know. I think if you look at some of the really successful launches of the last couple of years, they've instantly had a massive, you know, presence, massive following, some big name people behind it, um, which helps probably to get the word out there and cross that barrier. You're just talking about Bolton? Well, and Brick Lane and, <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, fair, yeah. and some, you know, big successful, um, and, you know, Brew Manatee has David Neitz from um, Melbourne Football Club. Um, so there's some big names coming into it, which is, you know, it's great. Um, but I guess it's, uh, you know, not having that means you don't actually reach those people. But also if you're just making 6.4% really tasty, you know, IPA that's, um, you know, our, our thing, then you, those people might go, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm overpowered by an XPA, let alone, mm. a, you know, an IPA. So. Yeah, and I guess it's, so we're not, not making styles that immediately appeal to, you know, the huge end of the market. So we're pretty focused on, you know, doing small batches regularly. And uh, yeah, basically down here trying to build it up from a, a local point, getting people in and, and showing what we're about. It'll be interesting if we could go back, you know, 15, 20 years before we'd had a high tail or a Creatures Pale Ale and put an IPA in front of us and see our reaction then, you know. Mm. Well, do you remember your first um, Beast from Jamison's? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know what I was drinking. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> What was on. it? Yeah. I was at the Royston sometime around 2005 and I was like, my God, this is full on. Yeah. It's like, yeah, your first bitter, crazy beer. And, you know, mm. I loved Creatures. I guess that was a bit more balanced love, mm. Hightail. But then to have a Beast, it was like, whoa. Yeah. What's the capacity here? Uh, so we're, we're a pretty small setup here. Um, in terms of our sort of overall capacity, fermentation capacity, we've got uh, four 600 litre fermenters and we've also got four 600 litre bright tanks, um, which double as serving tanks as well. So have the ability, as we've done on the opening weekend, to hook them up just direct pour over the bar, which is really nice. Um, the brew house itself is an eight hectolitre um, steam jacketed three vessel DME system. Um, I did the design on the brewery and we've deliberately scoped it up to be a little bit larger than the fermenters to account for the losses that we have through pretty massive whirlpool additions um, and uh, yeah just the hop loadings that we're putting in are, are that bit extreme so basically for that 800 litre system we can try and get about 600 litres of, of beer out of it at the end. It's the first brewery you've designed? 
Yeah, and I still feel uh, somewhat of a, of a novice brewer. So it's been a uh, it's been an interesting interesting sort of twelve months or so. But yeah, definitely first brewery um, with a good fortune being able to design and yeah, all the services down here we've got along with it. It's been a yeah pretty steep learning curve, but it's uh, yeah good that it's all working. Every time you knock your head or, or reach for something that's not where it should be, you're gonna be like, man, who designed this? Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Has that happened yet? Uh, funny you should say that. Yeah, actually, there's a um, there is a, a valve we have to fill our hot liquor tank, which is in very close proximity to one of our steam lines and we noticed that after it had gone in at a pretty inaccessible position so uh fortunately uh we've been able to get that lagged up but it's still a bit of a bit of a squeeze to get in there it isn't the worst thing in the world because i've heard a lot lot worse stories no no overall um yeah overall uh been uh been pretty pretty happy with it so yeah pretty um pretty lucky to have a little brew house that yeah we didn't have gas on this site when we uh, signed the lease so one of the first things was getting a gas line run yeah, for the boiler. Yeah, we, we had to go on the fly a little bit. As originally, I'd had it spec'd up as an electric system, so we didn't need to have the boiler in. Um, but then the kettle itself was going to draw three times the power that we actually had coming into the building. So had to uh, sort of make do with a few little changes here and there. Um, and so for anyone that gets to come and visit, the size that it seems actually, I think, pretty impressive for the tiny little power supply it's running off. So everything just kind of works. The heating doesn't work when we're brewing, but, you know, I'm usually hot enough up there as it is. So <laughs> what, what, no, no air conditioning. Do you know what brewing. was here prior? Uh, it was empty for about four or five years, and before that it was a Mountain Designs factory outlet. Right, okay. Because just like that corner oh, position, yeah. the big windows. I've and the windows were all covered up in stud walls. And mm. so you couldn't see the windows at all. And the front had some old gold aluminium sort of frames in them and the very heavy sort of, yeah, aluminium. Because as it is now, like it's staggering it was em- empty for that long. Yeah, but I know. I it's guess yeah, so. bizarre. Uh, yeah, I guess for, for people that can't see it, like big windows that are facing the side street. and Floor um, to ceiling, yeah, yeah all the way nice, around. Yeah. Nice windows looking out onto the street there. Yeah. It was funny, I guess, talking about like what it was looking at. I remember when Tommy and I came in, and I guess we we're on the same sort of page as, as a blank show going, This is awesome. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> speaking with Tommy's partners who were you know, helping out with some of the financing, we're going, Oh man, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, mean, I think it's been a, been a nice, really nice job. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's changed so much over the time, but it's not a big space. So half the brewing is sort of bar and, and brewery. Mm. Um, so that affects, you know, the numbers, big loading bay, which was handy for the mill and boiler. But, yeah, I'd be, if I was looking at um, setting up a small brewery, one of the tricks would be looking at your power, your gas, all of those kind of issues that might pop up over time. You mentioned the boiler. Um, I know breweries get stuck by having a, not planning the boiler correctly. So I'm guessing you guys planned that when you're talking about yeah. gas. and Yeah. Y- yeah, the sort of specs and size on it, um, yeah, definitely got some help from some uh, friends that are more uh, skilled <laughs> in, in that area than myself. Um, it was a, a, a bit of a process running gas and sort of getting a certification on it in a new site. Ended up sort of a bit of a learning curve on how long that can take and all, all the right approvals and things. Um, as it is, the boiler's maybe just very slightly under spec for the system that we've got in, but it certainly hasn't affected me in any sort of meaningful way. The other thing is getting boiler you know, fitters to rock up is tricky. They've got a lot of work on. Yeah, it ended up, uh, funnily enough, yeah, coinciding with uh, certain football games that they could come in. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. Yeah, they're flying all over the country. They're, as we joke, the wharfies of the yeah, yeah, right. trade world. Very hard to get. Yeah, ah, interesting. 
I can't, what other industries would use boilers, like food manufacturing and things yeah, like that? Any yeah, any kind of food processing, abattoirs, uh, dry cleaners. Oh, yeah. yeah, hospitals, those, any, I mean, any just generating heat is pretty, right. yeah, pretty widespread. As it turns out, we're probably very small users of those One of, of the smallest sort of they've yeah. done, I think. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> to make you feel inadequate. <laughs> right <laughs> no, no, that's okay. We, they showed us some photos of when something goes wrong and the whole building would be blown up if... It was what, yeah, one of yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's not what I want to see if I'm getting someone installing my boiler. This is what could go wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you don't call us out. Yeah. <laughs> um, the place, uh, the brewery is very much part of the building in terms of it's not hidden behind glass or anything. Mm. Uh, can you tell us about sort of what the thinking was for the design here? Yeah, we wanted people to be in the brewery. Yeah, very much so. I mean, I've just in visiting breweries, always love when you feel like you're a part of the, the brewing process. And for me, I just find it always a little bit disappointing when it's recessed or back sort of behind glass or things. Um, obviously, there's some really good safety reasons around that as well and layout and other things. But we came in very much at the start going, okay, how do we make it feel like you're a part of the process? Um, doing some cues actually from other great breweries I'd been up and visited Green Beacon up in Brisbane and saw their sort of tank layout behind the bar and thought that was that was great um, and so yeah I, where we're actually sitting I ended up spending a couple of weeks on Microsoft Word or Power not PowerPoint but just like trying to figure out as I'm no designer at all just little blocks and rectangles of approximate sizes trying to see how it fit in and I went back and forth with Tommy and thought yeah this looks alright and then uh, yeah, I got some help to position it and uh, I think if on that safety side, it's about as tight as I'd feel comfortable and having it in this space. Like it all works and it's really good, um, but it's sort of pushing it in the, uh, yeah, how much sort of working space we have. So we're certainly never going to be in a position where we could be open when we're brewing, mm. which is, I guess, one of the downsides of the layout. But on the upside, uh, when we're closed and can have everything cordoned off, it, yeah, it really feels like you're sitting there in, in the brew house. Yeah, I think it's um, it's part of it as being it's so attached to the the brew house and the brewery itself, and and not if it was a production, even a small production brewery on this sort of scale, you wouldn't have the same kind of layout. But you know, we we really want it to be on show. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so everything's going that you're making here is going on this bar, or are kegs going from here as well. Uh, we go. The plan is to make beer for here, mm-hmm. and if we hit a home run and everyone loves the '86 or something else, we could potentially scale up and make a bit more. We'll do a keg run, yep. um, yeah, up north. But um, at this stage, we'll just get lots of immediate feedback by the look on people's faces when they <laughs> taste uh, some of our beers and. And um, go from there. Yeah, it's it's great sort of being able to speak directly with people about the beers here. Um, the 86 case in point, we're on to our second batch now, and it's one that we want to keep on tap here permanently and keep tweaking and developing, so that down the track, you know, we'll have a, a really nailed in recipe for it if it's still going well. Does that so mean we drank the whole first batch pretty much? <laughs> we got yeah, just we opened. <laughs> we went through it pretty hard. Do you think um, that the fact it's called the 86 and there's no wordplay on haze is a comment on how much people enjoy the beer rather than just looking out for i know hazy beers are on trend i'm trying their hazy beer because you couldn't you wouldn't really know otherwise would you no no unless you read the tasting notes but no not many people look at that i think they just go you know give us a tasting paddle i've had you know i've had your ipa i love it uh let's try the others and um yeah, um, I don't know what makes, I guess, you know, yeah, people might see them and give it a go, or the Tropical was a big hit, and that looks brighter as well, but that was also a big hit, so yeah, we're going to have lots of fun here, 
That's great. I've seen lots of uh, social media featuring your uh, tasting paddles. Oh. Is everyone getting stuck into those? Um, yeah, that seems to be, I think it was like, you know, one in every... 20 items was a tasting paddle or something like that. one in every 10 maybe yeah it's a yeah. lot um so yeah i mean a lot of time with you know each and that's what we wanted to have lots of you know people helping so um the guys behind the bar and, and girls behind the bar have time to talk to people and go through the tasting paddle we put a little map together which identifies their beers um so yeah it's um yeah trying to take the time with people to do that rather than sort of yeah, pump out the pints. Go away. Yeah, yeah you can't. We well, yeah, you can't get a pint. <laughs> can't get a fancy. That's uh, pots and schooners. Yeah, yeah. P- part Melbourne, part yeah. New, uh, New South Wales. <laughs> yeah, I think I think one of our sales reps is really pissed. He, he's gonna have his own little stash of imperial pints. <laughs> <laughs> um, is everything on tap here brewed here? Uh, so at the moment um, we've got eight beers on tap. I'm currently brewing six of those. Right. Here. Okay. Um, so the only two that aren't brewed here at the moment is a flagship fixation IPA and Obsession. Um, just that we're, we're, yeah, yeah, just yeah. So we're able to be um, sort of have selling a little bit more of those. So um, they're still getting brewed in New South Wales. Um, I would like to yeah do sort of small releases of those at time to time down here. Um, but yeah, within the next couple of weeks, I've just got my first batch of the Squish and the Fix, uh, and we're hoping with those two that they'll be available here year round that it fits in with the plan and usually only here um, for the rest of the country they're limited releases uh, we want them always presented fresh and the best they can be so here we've got an opportunity to do that which is really exciting and uh, yeah how often will you be brewing to maintain that many uh, taps? Well, it's quickly uh, <laughs> quickly uh, already sort of creeping up as we're having a few people through on the weekend, which is obviously a little busier than it normally will be. Um, it's sort of averaging out at the moment, uh, sort of two brews one week, two brews the next week, and then a week off. It's limited that bit by fermentation space. Um, also, having beer in the serving tanks generally means I'll need to rack off a serving tank if I need to make space to get kegs of something else out. So we're working it out, but yeah, just, just over a, a brew or so a week, um, We've got a bit of flexibility to, yeah, move that up and probably not too much room to put in more tanks. So, yeah, yeah. we'll see how we go. Yeah, there's no more tanks going in, that's for sure. <laughs> how are the beers tasting? Yeah, good. I've really? been really enjoying the Rye IPA. I've been in, I think this is my third visit already. No, cool. fourth visit, actually. Oh, um, that's kind of sick Big of numbers, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. kind of sick of this place. You've only been <laughs> open three days. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being in the background of the photo shoot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you look on, the, is it on the website or is it on the? Uh, there's a few photos getting yeah, around. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll send one so you can use it. Yeah, yeah. Eighty six is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. German Tasty. brewing training plus uh, some time working at Stone and Wood. It's going to be a lot of clean, crisp beers. I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the hope. I like the rye as well. It's um, you know, it's a decent whack. So yeah, what is the? I guess what is the? goal of this place once it sort of evolved um, in terms of, you know, is it going to be used for a lot of education or just you yeah. want people to come in and drink or how does uh, that work? Lots of trade. It's not really about being a massive, you know, um, bar or uh, boozer as such. We'd love to have trade in quite a bit as well. We can accommodate trade at sort of, you know, around um, other times. We'd love to do sort of probably quarterly to start with but we might do the more often events where we do get catering in and do some have some mates that are amazing you know with the food side of things so we could do some great sort of barbecue and bits and pieces with um tied in with beers um we're going to have our first brute ipa being brewed next week so there'll probably be a new beer all well depending on how popular the ones we've done so <laughs> far uh, we're trying to do you know probably a new beer every every, every week or two so, yeah, yeah. So there's um, 
they're lots of innovation, hence the name. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I guess also if they're not if they're not a new beer, as we were sort of saying with the eighty six and Easy Street and some of these ones, they'll be a, a new version of, of that beer, and you know be able to talk through some of the differences. So if you've had it, you know, a month ago and come back in, you know, you might be able to sort of go through and see what you prefer and, and the direction we're heading in. Yeah, and if people you know really love a certain style, there's always going to be something for them. I'd say in sub style, I should say. Um, but yeah, I think it's uh, at this stage, it's really just have lots of fun and brew lots of new beers, which we haven't really had the ability to do for the first two and a half, three years. So. It's it feels like a bit of freedom, uh, I guess. You know, not having to worry about the production side of the core, having that all locked in. Now you can. Yeah, we realise it's pretty lucky to have such a bullshit awesome little brewery and, <laughs> and not really have any kind of need to have a golden ale, a pale ale, a stout and a, you know, everything else. It's um, it's just in our fun little IPA land. So, um, yeah, hopefully people come in and get it. Who do you think the people are going to be coming on the Saturday afternoons? Do you think you're going to get beer geeks? or Saturday afternoons? I'd love to think we get some families in. There's There's a tight little wine offer for people that might not be into beer we've got a house-made soda water to save on packaging for that so we can mix that with a um a soft drink mixer um so flavored soft drinks so yeah. and we're pretty well exposed on the streets so i know it's a lot of people sort of walking by and starting to have uh you know those few people that live around the area just popping in for one drink on their way home and that sort of thing one so guy was buying shorts and he needed a beer before he went and tried to find the right shorts so yeah. he said Perfect. i can understand that yeah, yeah. yeah this I is going to help your day yeah <laughs> Oh, is that the Katmandu warehouse or something like that across yeah. the road? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's going to be husbands so coming across in <laughs> yeah, no yeah. time. Yeah, I'm really interested in these thermals. I'll just be across the road. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah knock yourself out. Uh, you've also got a Dan Murphy's uh, directly there. Yeah. The unmistakable face of Dan Murphy steering a, across. It is. I mean, He's not looking happy though, is he? It's a big, um, yeah, big window. Yeah. Um, is yeah. fixation beer in Dan Murphy's? Uh, we have limited distribution with Dan's stores, yeah. so we are in a few. We are in, and the Collingwood one's been fantastic. The guys have come over and um, and we've done tastings and things. Um, so yeah, that we uh, yeah we we see you really have to um, yeah work with Dan's and the guys because they they you know they sell so much good beer. So um, and also I guess if someone asks anyone about beer or IPAs in that shop. Knowing them well, they can just say, go across the road. Yeah, yeah. Buy a six-pack first. And yeah, 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 that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, we have a really good relationship with them. So, um, yeah. And, um, yeah, we do have Dan's big face there. Yep. I was saying to Dave, I can't remember if I was saying it to you the other night, or you should put moustaches along the windows. And a little sunglasses and yeah, a Yeah, yeah, and like then you that. can kind of line it up wherever you're sitting to... To get a moustache on We well, might have to sneak that on one night. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, food-wise around here, uh, can people bring their own food? Yeah, we decided not to look at putting in a kitchen. Um, f- uh, first and foremost, we're not a brew pub as such, but a tasting room and brewery. Um, we also thought there's so many great options around here that people can have delivered within 15, 20 minutes or in the case of Red Sparrow Pizza, which is two doors away, five minutes maybe um, with the wood oven. Are they vegan? Vegan pizzas, yep. yeah, but re- really good. And um, and flat out, those guys just expanded next door. So, um, so we've got, uh, we had four different restaurants deliver on one night last week. So that's kind of mm. showing you um, people are just getting bits and pieces of whatever they feel like. You had some chips or cashew nuts? Yeah, we've yeah. got some, some chips and Last jerky nuts. and cashew nuts behind the bar, but it's uh, just to keep you sort of satiated and, yeah, you can get, get some more stuff yourself in or by all means, bring, you know, bring in a cheese board or something where, yeah, we, you know, Yeah, yourself. we thought um, it not only space tight, but also there's so many of our great pubs and supporters around here. 
head off and go and have a great pub meal or you know go and support some of our friends that run great restaurants nearby mm. um let's think bringing one. bringing more food into smith street yeah, yeah so exactly. much good food here. Uh, yeah. yeah, like we're not going to do it any better than all of our mates. They're already better. <laughs> I, I joke that our kitchen's the brew house, so that's <laughs> our stainless steel there. But it also means that like it's a central place that anyone, you don't have to agree on food to get if you come here. You can just get whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. It's a good yeah, I want fried vegan, chicken. Yeah. Well, I want a vegan pizza. Cool. No, no worries. worries. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I could do some Miss Katie's Crab Shack and... Yeah, someone went down to ramen shop ramen and walked back with their ramen. Yeah, it's only two blocks, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. like yeah, not far. So yeah, that's kind of. I'm pretty hungry right now, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Talk of food. It's interesting. Like uh, Dave and I were talking about how dangerous Smith Street is because I've only just started working a couple of blocks down, and already I've had probably more than a couple of weeknights where I've ended up here or at another pub and then meet up with mates and ended up quite drunk or spending too much on food. It's a it's a dangerous area to, to work and live around. What a wonderful time to be alive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Last time that I moved house, I was looking around here and I was like, that's ir- an irresponsible thing to do. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. can't be trusted with that sort of uh, yeah, access. Yeah. The yeah. options. Yeah, it is pretty amazing. Um, I guess it, it's sort of one of those places where even if people are going out and they're not from around this area, they tend to head to Fitzroy Collingwood at the moment. Mm. And it has been for a long time, probably since the Punters Club and those days. So... Um, yeah, it's uh, it is a vibrant place. It's interesting. Yeah, as uh, someone said, don't even mention gentrified. That's done. <laughs> yeah. uh, what are your food and drink tips around here then? If, if people are coming here for a beer, you guys have spent a lot of time here. Where yeah, do we go yeah. for a, fe- a feed? Yeah, it depends sort of on the on bit of the time of the day that you're coming. Um, certainly, uh, hands down, Red Sparrow sort of been yeah, get a lot of support. So yeah, and. Uh, Great pizzas. Um, they are all vegan, but they're. I mean, they're, yeah, they're all they're, vegan, but that's the kind yeah, of. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's a hard um, sell for people, isn't it? Well, but uh, yeah. it shouldn't be like they're they're really terrific. So they've certainly helped uh, a lot along the way. We um, opened some tradies' eyes to you know the yeah the pizza flavors and yeah. and they agreed by the end so, the future is vegan for sure. That's it. Uh, and then tradies so eating vegan pizza and uh, yeah. drinking IPAs is yeah. hilarious. It's <laughs> amazing. We had to go to Dan's get some more beers and <laughs> those guys were you know stainless steel welders and helping you know helping us out and they were just like wow these are you know fantastic so um yeah people travel from all over for red sparrow if, uh, if you're here during the middle of the day uh definitely trang the vietnamese bakery for, yeah. for bun me and dim sims and rolls and all sorts of things it's uh it's terrific if i had um, to pick a few pubs nearby the rose is three blocks away yeah and that's a great pub as well pretty busy during footy season but i've never been to the rose yeah just sure. three blocks great. up and um yeah. yeah the napier is one of my favorites the rainbow yeah, yeah. What's we'll going on? We'll call that our recommendations because that's uh, all pretty good. Yeah, really good. Yeah, I um, I had some sushi down the road before Momo sushi. Oh yeah, I haven't been there yet. Yeah, it was good, really good. Yeah, yeah. made me feel kind of healthy, but I got like all the the fried chicken <laughs> and the, no. the temper <laughs> options. But uh, yeah, it was good. So apart from all the white rice and the fried chicken, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, pretty yeah. healthy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wasabi and soy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wasabi's alright. <laughs> Uh, so now that you kind of settled in here, any plans to, I guess, grow fixation further or you just want to get settled in first? Oh, no, no. We, we don't have any plans to you know, go and build incubators in every suburb in Australia or anything. Um, it's um, This is our home and this will be where we welcome trade. We're going to bring trade down from you know, other parts of the the. Uh, the market, so we'll bring guys down to visit when they're in Melbourne if they want to pop their head in. When you say trade, I guess a lot of people not in the industry might not know. Uh, mm. What does that look like when you bring 
people. Ah, uh, that'll be people that um, support us in, you know, in Queensland, perhaps. So they're going to Melbourne. Oh, guys, we'll arrange for a night. Uh, come into the fixation incubator. The guys will show you around, taste some beers they've been working on, and um, and really get some good tips for the local hood as well. Um, which, if you're coming to Melbourne, you're probably not far away from, you know, Collingwood or Fitzroy. Um, Unless you're staying down in St Kilda, which we can't really help you down there, <laughs> um, probably Espy. Um, but once it's open, but um, but yes, yeah, so I think um, it's about looking out. I mean, I'm used to being able to welcome trade into um, a brewery. I think it's a really important part, and I think it's only become more important as time goes on. So that's uh, that's what I'm sort of meaning there. Mm. Yeah, too? Oh, I, was, I feel like you're underselling the appeal to the public. I feel like it sounds like you're <laughs> oh, no, a, a not at all. trade talk. Oh, not at all. We wanted it to be really popular. Yeah, we know? wanted it to be really comfortable and, and yeah, and yeah, hopefully buzzing and everyone has a good time. And it's, uh, what do you reckon, Sammy? Like it's appeals to yeah, a wide range of people. I mean, There's no, like, it's not just bearded blokes in their 40s, you know, here drinking beer. We've got a real mix of people so far. Yeah, very much so. I've tried to make the space pretty, you know, as appealing as we can, just as it's a nice sort of venue to come through and uh, and spend some time in. So, yeah, hoping, you know, people in the in the offices, you know, get into later on in the afternoon, I want to come and have a, have a you know, beer and a work meeting in here or, you know, spend some time. And um, I mean, I've been working in here every day for about six months and it's certainly, yeah, where I'd like to be drinking as well. So, yeah. <laughs> we've got, I mean, I've got kids, so we've got now some pencil cases done up and stuff like that because you need... Keep the kids happy, you know, yep. without maybe the playground and everything. That's some awesome, yeah. Other one like the Stompos have the great um playground. No, that's good, Just yeah. drop the kids off, and now I can see in three hours, sort of thing. But um, but yeah, I think it's great to um, yeah, be able to do something for the kids. If mum and dad are happy, they can have an extra drink and then wander off and find some socks. A lot of eyes on the tram going to see uh, the incubator signage yeah. as well. So. Yeah, they probably haven't been looking when it was such a rough yeah. looking building and now I think a lot of people... Yeah, it sort of changed. Um, we deliberately didn't do anything on the outside until, you know, we were basically almost ready to open and it was over the course of a weekend, yeah, we stripped down all the all the sort of uh, newspaper we had and started painting the walls and it was almost like uh, sort of working in a zoo for a couple of weeks. <laughs> it was just, yeah, like it's eyes everywhere and, and things. So, um, yeah, it certainly does uh, attract a bit of attention, which is, which is nice. Yeah, it's good that people ride past every day and have seen it change over six or nine months. Yeah. What was it amazed by people's inquisitiveness? Just so many people just while I'm in here, you know, no signage or stuff up, just opening the door and coming in to have a look. Yeah, and what that. are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it's been really good. It's a, it's a bit of confidence in that as well. Like, because mm. I've wanted to do that, but I, I don't think I'd ever would. <laughs> what are you guys doing in here? Yeah, yeah, well, just today I made eye contact with Tommy and then I still didn't open the door. <laughs> I'm not going to do this, open a door at a closed business. What are you, crazy? Yeah. <laughs> I, I knocked on uh, one of the other places nearby just because I thought the tradies might know what they're working on. And they're just like, I don't know. We're just, we're just doing a floor. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, do you have any more questions no, before no. we wrap up? Do you guys want to add anything? Plug anything? Uh, just that, you know, yeah, definitely if you're into your, your hoppy beers, well worth checking out. We'll love to, um, yeah, show you through, say hello. Yeah, it's definitely. great to have a home after, yeah, two and a half, three years, and mm. hopefully we'll be here for a long time. Cool. Making What's the address? 414 Smith Street? Yep, 414 Smith Street, Collingwood. The door's pretty heavy, so lean into it. Big yeah. door. Um, 4 till 10 Wednesday to Friday. Yep. 12 till 10 Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. On the 86 line, uh, when that's running. Um, What's that? When it's running. When it's running, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To get to, though, so... Yeah. 
BYO cheese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm actually off to your uh, stable mates, Stone and Wood, uh, a cocktail competition now. Fun. Right. As a judge, hey? Yeah, I'm judging some cocktails with Brookie's gin and Stone and Wood. So uh, good gin, dangerous gin. Yeah, yeah. apparently there's going to be pizza. Uh, I don't know why I'm selling people on the podcast because it's way too late by the time <laughs> they hear it. <laughs> uh, luckily, you you had, luckily you had that healthy lunch then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where's the cocktail <laughs> comp? Uh, White Hearts, which I'm hearing a lot of good things about. I don't know what that is. A uh, new bar in the city just around on White Hearts Lane, just around the corner from... I don't even know where that is. And I work in the city, yeah. If you are leaving Sunmoth going towards Melbourne Central, yeah, uh, you'll pass it and you'll see this door and you'll look down the laneway and you'll see it full of people at a bar and you'll be like, what the hell is right. that? I've walked past there plenty of times and never noticed it. Fair enough. They've only been around for a while and they've been doing beer releases and stuff. Cool. Um, I haven't been there, but I've I've met the guy and he's pretty cool. So, well, yeah, Brookies is yeah great gin. So it'll be interesting to see what they've come up with. Yeah, yeah there's I think good six or seven too. people yeah. making cocktails. So cool. I'll give my opinions. And that's <laughs> a, I guess that's Stone and Woods local distillery mm. yep. and. Um, yeah, it ties in with the community thing. Yeah, so. It really does, yeah. I think Luke and I always talk about um, tours, like brewery tours, distillery tours, about how, I mean, and it's easy to say you, you've seen one, you've seen them all, but that tour was mm. different to anything and you must do a Brookies tour because yeah, it really yeah, right. is... Um, yeah, I mean, they show you their you backyard where all the... No, no, never been. Oh, I mean, they drank a lot of their gin and drank and eaten a lot of their muesli, which is like tight yeah. as well, and that's more Because that was what they um, started off yeah, doing. Yeah, 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 right. Great muesli. They, um, they, take, they take you through the rainforest and pull out native botanicals. they got all the botanicals in their yeah, backyard forest, pretty much, yeah. and you go out, and I think we said you'd just love to go in spring yeah, when everything's yeah, out and about, because it'd be amazing. Because we were... When were we? I can't remember. The end of summer, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, none of that around here. <laughs> <laughs> There's a good plug for Brookies anyway. Yeah. Um, guys, thank you so much. Uh, Fixation, search you on web on the internet. To get uh, yeah, Fixation Brewing, at Fixation Brewing on Insta and Twitter. And um, Thanks so much for coming down and having a chat to us and, and four times in the first <laughs> week. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I think I might be Record back on numbers. Saturday as well, well by the look of it. We'll see how we go. Great. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks.